Welcome to the Chi Alpha at UNC Chapel Hill podcast. This podcast is designed to help you grow through our three foundations, devoted disciples, deep friendships, and deliberate servants. We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages you in your spiritual growth. All right, yeah, so I don't know if I've met... All of you, I know some of you, but my name is David Lau. I am on staff with Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship, and something that you might, may or may not know about me, I did not come from a Christian family. I did not grow up attending church, and my walk with the Lord didn't really start until I started attending college. It was there I got to you know, ask some questions and talk to some people, and it wasn't until my senior year that I turned to the Lord, and I have started walking with the Lord since. So. As of today, it's just me and my brother in the family that actively follows the Lord. So, hope to get to know you all better. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we are going through the series Lordship. And tonight, I will be talking about personal Lordship. Now, because it's a personal Lordship, uh, when I was preparing my message, I felt this strong sense like it would be good for me to actually share a little personal testimony along the way. So you'll definitely get to know me, but I'm definitely hoping to get to know you all later after tonight. So that'll be great. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in a non-Christian family, as I mentioned before. Now, I lived in North Carolina. It's part of the Bible Belt. So naturally, I eventually hear about Christianity. And uh, some things were hard to grasp. Some things were really out there. Like, to put things in perspective, I was in sixth grade. And one question they asked was like, hey, would you take a bullet for Jesus? And I'm like, okay, I'm in sixth grade. Who does this? What is this? And you know, that, that is my initial impression of church people. I'm like, what, what kind of stuff do they talk about? But, you know, eventually I guess I learned a little why that question came up. But even then, just as a 12-year-old, I'm like, that is way above what I was. Anyway, I was not ready for that. So I certainly had a lot of questions just in general. I took some time to you know, read a couple things, and there was a passage that's actually tonight's passage for tonight. It comes from Mark chapter 8, verse 34-35, and we'll read it together. Oh. Yeah, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he, being Jesus, said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Yeah, so conveniently this passage comes up again in Luke, which I like Luke because he orders his accounts chronologically. So based in Luke, we know this happens after Jesus performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000. This is after the disciple Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ. And this is after Jesus tells his disciples that uh, the Son of Man must suffer and be killed on the third day. Now, if you all know how much I love food, I already uh, Jesus already got my attention about feeding the 5,000, so <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, as a college student, you know, I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, if I'm seriously wanting to follow the Lord as laid out, that, that does probably mean there's things in my life that's probably not going to happen, things I'm going to have to lay aside. You know, like most college students, I had dreams, I had some, you know, goals. I would have liked to get a job that pays well so that I can eventually 
you know, buy things I can't afford now, like a Nintendo Switch, you know, pick up a skill, like playing the guitar or a harp, um, be an actor. That was a time I wanted to be an actor because I wanted, I did not want any limitations. I wanted to be an actor so that I could be whatever part I wanted to be. That was what I was thinking when I was young. I was very young back then, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so these are the kind of questions I was dealing with because I'm like, okay, if I'm seriously following Jesus, I'm not sure the things I had on my buck list is actually going to check off because here I'm like, I might have to give up for the Lord. And now, why am I even engaged? Like, this is the kind of method that might turn people off, you know. Jesus, this is way too hard to accept. And, you know, when I was young, I heard the gospel and... You've all maybe have heard the gospel, maybe not. I'm sure you all have to, to some degree. And there are various variations. Like, it's, there are so many. But one that I uh, heard when I was growing was that in the beginning, God created everything, including male and female, and God was in relationship with man. Then the problem happened. Man rebelled against God, and things went out of whack. That is how... Sin and brokenness enter the world. When we say sin, we're talking about you know brokenness, evil, darkness, basically every bad thing you can think of. That all broke loose, and this all happened because we are now in broken relationship with the Lord. The Lord had a plan. Jesus is the answer to that. He sends his son Jesus to the world to die for our sins. And now through Jesus, we can experience forgiveness, be cleansed of our sins, and be made right with the Lord again. And the Lord is going to come back one day to rid sin and death once and for all. And the way we enter that is to turn to Jesus, accept the forgiveness, and ask him to be our Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior. Now, I think many of us like the idea of the Lord being our Savior because none of us actually enjoy the thought of going to hell. That's at least my experience growing up. But... This lordship part is the part I was wrestling with. And uh, in church culture, we have the thing called cost of discipleship, where when you're following the Lord, there are just some things that's a little hard to accept, but individually, it's if you want to follow Jesus, these are things you need to keep in mind. Now, and I was involved with a ministry, not necessarily Chi Alpha at the time, it was with a different ministry, but I was involved with a small group, which I would encourage you. If you're not in life groups now, you should definitely be in life groups. <laughs> great place to ask questions and such. And there I learned a little more about a few other costs to follow the Lord, if I ask him to be my Lord. Uh, I, there were four things that came to mind. They're not exhaustive. They're just four of them that I personally came across as a student. Uh, number one, you must love the Lord above all other loves. Uh, if you recall from the gospel, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And it's mentioned in three of the gospels, and it's actually Jesus referencing from Deuteronomy 6.5. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Now, you pair that with something Jesus said also about, you know, if you come to me and you do not hate your mom or dad or your brother or sister or your wife or your husband children, even yourself, you are, not, you, can, you are not worthy to come to me or something along the lines of that. And that, that's a hard message to take because in my family, uh, family is everything. You know, we make decisions based on what's best for the family. 
I don't make decisions for what's best for me necessarily. It's about what's good for the family. Uh, family life is pretty much everything. And also in my family, uh, we did ancestral worship. You know, we actually prayed to my ancestors. We actually prayed to a god of the earth, some deity that I'm not sure I know the name, but I know we pray, make food, and offer, which if you read 1 Corinthians, it mentions something about food offered to idols. And that is something the Lord is kind of clear about. Like, you actually should not be doing that if you want to follow me. You know, you can't have another master. You cannot have another idol. You can't have other gods. You either follow me, just me, or you follow someone else. You cannot do both. And this was something I had to wrestle because this is what I grew up with. I watched my mom cook food for my ancestors, burn incense year after year. So this was something on the wrestle. I already knew my mom would be very upset if I were to turn away from this. So yeah, uh, you must love the Lord above all other loves. Number two, you must live your life in obedience to him. Uh, in John fifteen fourteen, John says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Uh, notice how it resonates with the previous uh, other, yeah, previous, I guess, command that relates to love. Yeah, so as a student, I learned you don't you're not really choosing which commandment to follow. You actually follow whatever commandment's already made clear. You know, this is like the Ten Commandments that's already mentioned. This is a few other commandments that's mentioned in the New Testament, like, you know, this is how you know you are my disciples, Jesus says, that you share love to one another. And I'm not going to spend the time telling you what each of those command markers, there's a lot, but I will say they all have this in common, that they all go back to loving the Lord. And the second, similar to the first, loving uh, your neighbor as yourself. So that's what they all have in common. But nonetheless, if you want to accept Jesus as Lord, you must live your life in obedience to him. Number three, you must live sacrificially. I am not suggesting you sell everything and give to the poor as the rich man had been challenged. Uh, at this point, all I am saying is that you may have to give something up. And it, you know, let's be honest, we're college students and or we're working. We're not, we're not the most wealthiest people here. So I'm not suggesting there's material involved at this point. And, in, and honestly, even, as, even where you are now, it can look different. Let me give an example. I was at Sikkim one year, which is this week-long like empowerment, great time. You're at the beach, and I made a lot of great friends that way. There was this one day that's dedicated to baptism. And there was this one student from Vietnam who I remember she was sharing her testimony, and she said that in her country, if she identifies as a Christian, uh, she has to like note that on her ID, like a religious affiliation, and unfortunately, that would bar her from government positions. And so in Vietnam, as a Christian, there are just certain jobs you cannot have. And she was sharing that she's aware how this will affect her career opportunities, but she still believes Jesus is worth it, and went through the baptism. And you know, that's something that still left an impact on her. Like, wow, she, she understands what this is going to cost her, and she's still willing to do, go through with it. So I don't know what her life has been like since that time, but I imagine there were a lot of challenges along the way. So 
And number four, this is probably obvious by now, but you will experience hardship following the Lord. Now, as a student, I learned that some of the, I guess, beliefs we've picked up along the way is that when we follow the Lord and keep his command, life is going to go smooth, plans will go well, nothing bad could possibly happen, as if accidents can happen, or as if life does it happen, and I don't know. I read the book of Job, and that is an example of somebody who who basically did everything by the book, made sure he was right with the Lord. In fact, God would brag about Job, saying, have you seen Job? This man is righteous. And, you know, he's bragging this with Satan, like, see how well this guy's doing. And Satan, of course, is like challenging. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll wait till his life goes bad and see if he turns against you. And unfortunately, because Job is living the right way, he gets targeted by Satan, and life goes horrible. He used to be rich. Now he's very poor. He just lost his earnings, his wealth. He had children. They all met some unfortunate end, and now he's without child. He is very, he was healthy, now he's super sick. And, you know, all of this is say his life basically got miserable, and he's questioning God about it. Now, God, of course, does not actually answer him directly about it. Instead, he turns that question around and was like, Job? Just in summary, you can read the rest of Job if you're curious what all God actually says, but in summary, it's like, are you God, Job? Are you holding the world together? Were you at the beginning when the world was created? And it was very much putting Job in perspective, like, you do know who you're talking to, right? I'm not saying that it's wrong to get upset. You know, obviously, if things happen, it's, it's totally normal to get upset, but it's like, if you are anyway suggesting that you are going to do a better job as God. Anyway, so that's, that's this book of Job. But the point I'm making there is that life is not always pretty. It actually gets hard. And even Jesus himself says that you will experience hardship. You're going to experience trials and tribulation. And it's actually for that very reason he gives you his peace. He's going to give you his peace, to, you know, just prepare you for the things that are about to come. I mean, I just mentioned in the book of Job, we already have the enemy that's out to get us because he doesn't want us to follow the Lord. And that's, that's just touching on that. We, we're not even touching on how we affect each other at that point. So, so those are the four things that I ran into as a student. Just like, okay. So I'm supposed to prioritize the Lord over, above all things, including like, even my own family that I've basically grown up with. Uh, you know, I have to obey every commandment, which doesn't sound too bad until you actually learn what those commandments are. And then, you know, I might have to give up something. It's going to get hard. I don't know why it's worth following Jesus at this point, because now I might go against some of the things my parents raised me with. So, yeah, my response, I'm in a bind. I am not going to be able to please anyone. And, you know, on the one hand, I want to be saved because I don't want to end up in hell. I want to experience life. But, this is, but my family might get uh, very upset with me. And so I'm in this weird bind. And it wasn't until my senior year that I attended Passion Conference. Uh, this was held in Atlanta, Georgia. There I met, or not met, I heard Francis Chan, who, if you know him, his message tend to cut straight to the heart. 
He does not take short, or no, he, he does not toy around. His message that night was about how there are people who call themselves Christians, and then how many Christians actually follow what the Bible says. Now, of course, that's a hard message to take in general. But it was in that moment that I had a very, I guess for lack of a better, I'll say an encounter with the Lord. And there's a verse I'll share kind of just to put it in perspective. And it kind of resonates most closely to what I went through. But this comes from Isaiah 6, verse 1-5. It reads, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and a train of his robe filled the temple. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. I can't say that I actually saw the Lord with my own eyes, but somehow in my spirit, I became aware of God for the very first time, aware of his presence. And I'm not talking about, you know, you know he's omnipresent or anything. I'm, I'm talking about I felt something that I cannot explain any other way. And it was like I became aware of how good he was, how holy, how majestic, just, oh my gosh, this is the God of heaven and earth. And... It was like I experienced his love for the very first time. I mean, I was in tears. I didn't understand why. I just knew I was. And because I was aware how holy he was, how good he was, that's how I became aware of my own sinful state for the very first time. It was such a gap. And in that moment, I knew what to do at that point. And I knew my parents would not understand but in that, at that night, I chose to follow the Lord. I asked him for forgiveness, and I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And in that moment, I had decided, you know what? I will take up my cross. I will deny myself, and I will follow him because he is worth it. So, yeah, this is the call that Jesus gives all of us who are in any way considering or already considering to have him be our Lord. That if you wish to come to him, you are to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at www.xa-unc.com.